You're listening to Video Monsters, a weekly podcast. Uh, well, uh, mostly weekly. Sometimes more, sometimes less. <sighs> All right, fine. A mostly weekly podcast of Creatures Talking Features with your hosts, Nathan Simmons and Eric Harris. Video Monsters is brought to you by the Chattanooga Film Festival and Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or online at chatfilmfest.org and centralcinema865.com. And links for each of these can also be found on our pages, so be sure to follow us at Video Monster Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Hello and welcome to episode 356 of Video Monsters. I'm Nathan and I'm joined tonight by Mark. I should have asked both of you how to actually pronounce your last names before we started, (laughs) but Mark and Sam. Mark, Sam, why don't you introduce yourselves and pronounce your last names so that I don't completely butcher them? Uh, I'm uh, Sam Rudikoff and I'm the uh, writer and director of the short film Cruise. And I'm Mark DeLottenville and I'm the producer behind Cruise. Well, Mark, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I I had a lot of fun with Cruise. Uh, it's what, did it premiere at Chat Film Fest or just screen at Chat Film Fest? I've lost track of which ones uh, had their premiere there and which ones. Uh, this was just another stop on the festival circuit. Um, but but yeah, I, it was I, our it was our Tennessee premiere okay. at uh, at Chattanooga. Well, that's 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 still a premiere. Totally counts. <laughs> so <Yep. laughs> so the Tennessee premiere of uh, of cruise uh which was a short that screened at chattanooga film festival and man i i had a lot of fun with this one i adore short films i know a lot of people don't i know a lot of people like that's not what they really uh latch on to but for me you know growing up on things like uh twilight zone and different horror anthologies like i just i love that short form story you know reading uh you know some sort of short stephen king uh, story stuff like that i just i love the ability to really uh, kind of get at the core of, all right, here's a story, and here's all this other stuff that could matter. Nope, doesn't matter. Let's get rid of it. Let's really strip it down to what is the essence of it. And and when shorts are done well, I think that they are so much fun. They're just, I, I don't know why they make me as happy as they do, but they make me happy. And your short really made me happy, which is weird because it is not a happy short. It is very <laughs> dark. <laughs> But very funny. And so I want to start with just what was your inspiration for telling this story? Um, well, for, first of all, thank you very much. Uh, always nice to hear that that people enjoy it. Um, uh, the inspiration, it was sort of just a movie about having crummy jobs uh, and, and hating your job. Um, and, um, I guess, uh, me and Mark have both had some jobs we've hated (laughs) and it was a topic that felt close to our hearts. Um, and we sort of came up with the idea together. I think it's also one of those things where with the film, um, it's based around telemarketing and it's one of those things where we consistently, you know, still deal with that on a day-to-day basis of people calling us and doing this and trying to sell stuff through telemarketing. So it was something that we could also really relate to on a, a, on a basis of just like an everyday thing. And it was something that we felt that a lot of people could also relate to as well. So for that, in that way, um, 
we really thought that people would connect with it. And, and I really understand like the struggle, I guess you would say of dealing with telemarketers on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. Like when I think of telemarketers, I think, Oh, that was so nineties. And you know, like the thing now is the, the targeted Facebook ads where you say something just offhanded. And then the next day you start getting all of these ads showing up on Facebook, you know, like that seems like it's so much more like everyone can relate to that. But Whenever I stop and think about how many unsolicited calls and how many of like the unknown callers I still get, it's like, how is that still a thing? How is telemarketing still even a thing that happens in this day and age? And I think that that's one of the things that made Cruz so relatable is like every single person who sat down in that chair to start calling people, they knew that it was literally a dead end job. And uh, we, we should probably say, This is only a six minute short. It's very short. We're going to spoil it because, I mean, how can we talk about it without spoiling it? So if you're the type of person who doesn't want any sort of spoilers and you want a a short film completely unruined that you can go in with as fresh of eyes as possible, I very, very highly recommend Cruise if you have a chance to see it anywhere. It it, Again, it's dark. It is uh, a, a little bittersweet. It was not quite gory, but... Just enough of realistic, just like, huh, okay, yeah. Uh, it it was, it was like it a was, dash of dash of gore, you know, yeah. just like a small, you know, a small pinch a, of gore, a seasoning of gore, a seasoning of gore is <laughs> a, a good way of putting a it. Splash yeah. of gore, you could even say. Uh, but I I adore this one. This is right up my alley when it comes to like what I want out of uh, short films. And this might have been one of the first ones that I watched at Chat Film Fest, and it fit in perfectly with the tone of the festival. So, uh, so yeah, anyone listening who does not want to have this spoiled, go watch it if you ever have a chance. Uh, And before I dive into one of my uh, questions, kind of digging into things a little bit, can either of you say anything about where this uh, potentially will be able to be released or does it have any uh, distribution plans just in terms of if we are about to lose anyone saying, nope, I don't want spoilers. Uh, is there anything that you can tell them before we start diving into uh, into some of the analysis? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it, it will be available to watch online um, within probably the next five or six months. Um, and it'll be free, uh, as far as, as far as we know. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, unfortunately it won't be, um, public anywhere until the festival runs over, but, uh, it will, it will eventually make its way out into the world. So try and remember for a few months, the name of our short film cruise. And speaking of festival run, um, it will be playing at the Breckenridge Film Festival in Colorado. It will be playing at the Defy Film Festival in Tennessee, another Tennessee from another Tennessee screening of there. It will be at the Fantasia uh, official uh, International Film Festival in Montreal in Canada at the end of the month. Uh, and I have no idea when this is going to air, so <laughs> these <laughs> might not actually make any sense. Hopefully within a couple this, of but... weeks of this recording, but uh, <laughs> yeah. If that's the case, and all these still will be in the case of people can check it out. Um, it'll be at the Regina International Film Festival in Canada. It will be at a few others, um, a couple in L.A. It will be at a couple in New York, uh, the Chain Film Festival in New York uh, that was just announced of that. And uh, there's a few more that we have coming up as well, too, um, of which we can say just like right now. So at least if you're in New York, if you're in Tennessee, if you're in Colorado or for 
you are in uh, Montreal in Canada, you can check it out. And if you weren't writing all of that down, uh, <laughs> you can also uh, find it all on the film's Instagram page, which is at Red Ocean Tours. So uh, if, if you're uh, keen on seeing it uh, as soon as you can, um, follow that page and we'll post all the uh, upcoming uh, stops. So, yeah. And, and again, definitely check it out. I had so much fun with it. Um, all right. So. I, I really enjoyed this one, and and you already mentioned that uh, part of the inspiration was having it be, you know, dealing with some of those crappy jobs, and th- that that's what I was able to latch on to so quickly is just like, yep, I can relate to these people. Uh, they're just sitting there trying to call, like, hey, you, you won something. I'm trying to give you good news, and people are just like so dismissive and so just like, eh, whatever, and they hang up on him. But the thing that I loved the absolute most and where I went from chuckling to just like, oh, my God, this is just perfect is um, when I, I forget the exact thing that happened. But when the uh, the boss, the one that was sitting there with the gun, had to actually go and check the manual to see whether or not it was OK, because it's just so tied up in bureaucracy and so tied up into you are going to give your life for this job. It's going to suck everything out of you. Again, a six-minute short that gets at the core of why you know <laughs> corporate America sucks. Uh, but but when it got to that point, I was just like, oh, bravo! This this is beautiful. This is brilliant. So I adored that part. Was that based off of any sort of you know like really having to deal with just complete asinine bureaucracy in uh, in various jobs that you've held? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think I could point to like a specific moment, but, but yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, um, you know, like, like you, you uh, mentioned, it is about, you know, bureaucracy and, and corporate jobs and just, just, you know, the, the, the horrors of capitalism or whatever you want to call them. Um, and so much of that is, is about the, the machinery of it and how, um, you know, I mean, so many of the, the things in this movie are about moments that you, you're just like, I don't even know why this is happening. If you're getting the call, when you get telemarketing calls, you have no idea why it's happening. You have no idea why the person who's making the call could possibly be making the call in the first place. Um, and you know, the fact that, you know, it's not about, um, bloodlust or anything like that. Like it's, it's all just based in, in process. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean that that scene was just meant to sort of you know underline how um, you know it really is just an institution, and, and it, it's uh, like you're just at the mercy of how convoluted it is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, because it's been a couple of weeks since I've uh, since I watched this, remind me at the end the the guy that actually survives, like his reward was also getting cruise tickets. Right. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. That's what, that's what he I thought. also wins a cruise. I, I wanted to make sure that I remember that because when it got to the end, it felt to me like the the guy sitting across the desk that you know would just shoot them if they didn't get it in like three tries. It seemed like that was also his lot in life of if he didn't get someone to show up and make the call to sell the tickets in three tries because wasn't that the third person i think from remember if i remember correctly it seemed like he also would have been shot by the next person up 
And and it just, again, it rings so true with just the top down. We have management and then middle management and then upper middle management where like no one is doing anything till it gets to the grunts that are doing all the work that are sacrificing themselves so much. And um, yeah, was, was that uh, intentional or is that just me reading too much into things, which I am very prone to do? Um, somewhere in between. I, I would say, um, you know, we it, we wanted um, we, we cast Ray James, the actor, um, because he he did have sort of a, a weariness uh, to him. You know, we didn't we didn't really want anyone in, in the situation to seem, you know, like they had much of a, a spark left in their life. Uh, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> So and, and Ray, we'll, we'll, let me preface this, Sam, with like just saying that Ray is a very extremely kind gentleman and so nice, and has very much a spark. Oh yeah, no, life. and I'm referring to his character and his performance, but like, right, right. He had, he the, the character, great, not the actor. The character, the character. He of had Ray. a great. Um, he had a great sort of uh, you know slightly hangdog look um, that that we really liked for it. Um, you know. I, I, I think we intentionally didn't want to dive into too much of exactly what the the, the system and the rules in the world was. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely he's also, you know, supposed to be this cog in the machine. I guess. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's also the one thing that Sam really touched on nicely. The fact that when he wins a cruise himself, the person selling it, it's also kind of a comment on if you noticed a lot of these big Fortune 500 companies, when they're getting some sort of award for their work that they do of, you know, slaving away and trying to like really sell what they can and get what they can. And whenever they get it, they get some sort of award. You see a lot of posts of people being like, oh, I just got this like water bottle or i got this you know like they'll like be like i would love to have a bonus for bringing in x amount of dollars and to your company but no here's like you know here's a lanyard for like this and they're like that's like the big their big thing so sam really touched on it well there of that is that they have cruises so they're gonna give away cruises to you right in terms of that like they're not gonna certainly not invest in anything else they're gonna give away what they have and what they can sell and have have either of you ever actually been on a cruise because i have granted it's been you know 15 20 years cruises kind of suck it is a floating hotel and now they're all just like uh, floating COVID wards. Uh, <laughs> they, like, they are floating petri with, dishes. With food exactly. Um, yeah. No. I, I mean, I think that's um, you know that that's just another uh, another you know dark corner of, of this story is that you know even even the best part of it is is still something highly questionable. Uh, cruises have always sounded terrible to me. Um, I mean, the most famous one in the world is the one that uh, everyone died on, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's very, true. very highly of, of cruises overall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it definitely, and the fact that, you know, people do, this is one of the most popular, um, you know, scam calls in, in, in general. It, it all, it's just that other layer of like, 
why like why is any of this even happening like who could possibly be benefiting from from any part of this yeah well especially think, because uh, sorry go, go ahead i was just gonna say i think i think once i saw the one cruise that broke down in the middle of the ocean and then the toilet stopped working i was mm-hmm. pretty much set on never <laughs> going on a cruise my entire life because if you can't even have your toilets working of that then then it then it becomes an even worse thing of whatever it is. So it's uh it's certainly not it's not an enticing vacation for one person. Yeah, and like that that's the one of the things that's so bizarre about cruises and uh what, what the thing that's so bizarre about cruises is it's the kind of thing that everyone thinks is like, oh, this is so glamorous. I'm going on a cruise. And like the, it's been built up to be, you know, this is the thing that everyone should be working for. If you've never been on a cruise, you've never truly relaxed sort of thing. But then you go on one. And I know some people that do love cruises and that's fine. But like, seriously, it is a floating hotel. I'd rather just go somewhere and stay in a hotel that I could then leave and like go enjoy the things around rather than only being stuck in there. Uh, and, and I don't know if this was intentional, but that's one of the things that I really loved about about Cruise and how short it was and how quick and to the point it was is using all of these, uh, using the visual language and using all of these themes to get at the heart of a message without having to over-explain it because, you know, to me, again, Cruises, it's the ideal that everyone's working for, but they suck and they're terrible and no one actually wants them. And with this being a literal dead-end job, like, to me, it really uh, really sh- uh, shined a light on just the rat race of you go to work because you got to get a job to get the money to go pay for your car that you have to then drive to work to get the money for the car payment to and just, like, how you're working towards some goal that's never actually a goal that you want, but, like, what society says, this is what you should be striving for. And, and it felt to me like it was really getting at uh getting at that part of humanity of just we're all working for the weekend rather than enjoying you know the other five days of the week as well was that uh, something that was an intentional uh piece of again like trying to uh, to focus in on that or was it like you said more about the fact that just cruises are a thing that people keep trying to sell um the answer is a uh, uh, yes. Uh, I mean, um, I mean uh, so much of it, it's it's hard to um, you know to, for us to take too much credit here because so much of this was just already there. Um, you know, like these this is a call everyone gets. Like it, it you know, like we we uh, you know, and then you just sort of reverse engineer like why why is this person offering this to me? Like what what could and. And then you wind up, you know, in this place where, it, you know, the only scenarios you can imagine are terrible ones. Um, so, you know, we didn't we didn't have to uh, decide to make it about selling the cruise because those were just the calls that we like. It was just like, oh yeah, this this happened. Um, so it the the sort of um, it was almost like the the inspiration inspired the uh the sort of thematic content and not the other way around if that mm-hmm. makes sense right because right. uh, it, it, it was sort of already so much of so much of the concept just sort of came pre-assembled from from a thing that you know uh, we were familiar with and and apparently a lot of other people were too so it was um it, it made it sort of like um 
the rest sort of just filled itself in at, at a certain point. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that, uh, again, I mentioned this at the beginning, but I, I love Cruise. It was a lot of fun and definitely very dark, but I feel like it struck that balance really well. It didn't feel like it was just too jokey and not feeling the weight of some of the darkness, but it also didn't feel like it was going too dark and not allowing you to laugh. So how do you strike that balance between humor and very dark elements and, again, just some of that asinine bureaucracy? So how do you balance all of that to, again, tell a very quick, cohesive, great story? Uh, I've been trying to balance them my whole life. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, I mean, it. Um, I think, uh, I think that comedies or, or at least satires is funnier when it doesn't wink, I guess. Um, so, you know, the, the, um, and you know, all the, everyone that, that we found, you know, with, for the production was sort of, you know, on board with this idea of, taking this thing that was ridiculous already and trying to treat it sort of seriously. Um, but, you know, with the intention of underlining the ridiculous by contrast, not, not with actually taking itself too seriously. Um, so we had a lot of really great people who, you know, our production designer, uh, Rebecca Petro, um, you know, we said, we want this to look a little bit like Dilbert, but a lo- little bit like a jail. And she like, <laughs> completely knocked it out of the park and and she you know she she brought you know a really strong sense of um concept and place to it um you know that that probably if if we had just said like yeah this is a silly comedy short um i don't think i don't think that um you know the approach would have been the same so um i think what what we did was we decided we really wanted to um to to sort of keep things grounded um, mm-hmm. and and let that kind of make the humor pop out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our whole cast and our whole crew just um, really like took that idea and, and, and took it to places where it, it came out great. Mm-hmm. I also think that like the comedy is in almost like real world objects that exist. So Sam was really good at picking out certain things as part of the production design and working with Rebecca about finding things that would like decorate the walls and things that would go up on posters and things of that. Like when you see like the motivational posters at like any type of like, you know, manufacturing company where it's like a kitten hanging onto like a thing, like hold on there, bud, or, or things like that. Like we found this fantastic Sam, what was it? It was a, a clock that was a boy it was like the shape of a boy, like a rescue boy that you would like throw into the water and it had a clock in the middle of it. And it was just, it was a clock, but in that way, it was so ridiculous and so humorous of just what it was, but there was no intentional comedy behind it. It was essentially what would be inside a travel agency. So if you kind of go into those places and you look around, like, it's never any like photos of places that actually look good. It's like it's photos of places, 
but they all seem to be this stereotypical kind of style and i don't know how to explain it but it has an inherent comedy in it yeah so when you don't even do anything like sam was kind of referencing this before like it's not like we had to do much because these things are funny in in their own way from just existing in this type of world so when you put them in that context of a dark room in this prison kind of style it really they really stand out and create like a form of comedy that you you don't have to do much to achieve yeah it uh it, it makes me think of flight of the concords where uh murray is working at that tribal agency and he has a poster on the wall that just says new zealand rocks and it's yes. just a, <laughs> just pictures of rocks <laughs> Like, it's so simple, and they never obviously point it out, but adding that background stuff really uh, gives so much that uh, in, in environment and personality. Uh, well, Mark, what about for you? Uh, you said that you were the producer on this. What about the story, and what about the way that it was being told brought you into it saying, you know what? Yes, I'm on board. I want to make sure that this happens. I want to see this come to fruition. Uh, you know, what, what, about, uh, what about the story? What about the way it was being told brought you into it? Well, I think Sam touched on it like really well earlier in that, you know, it's a story that has I, I love stories that are layered in terms of different types of genres because they can apply to like many different types of people. Like a lot of times if you're doing a straight comedy or straight thriller or a straight horror, you kind of sometimes you I wouldn't say like you pigeonhole yourself because not everyone likes those, but you kind of are factored into like one group of like people that like that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like, there are great horror films, great comedy films of that. But what was great about this film is that it allowed us to tell a really cohesive story in multiple genres um, over a really short period of time. So when Sam and me kind of like, got together like we've known each other for over a decade now so it's really easy for us to bounce ideas off each other and talk to each other about what is and luckily me and sam kind of like have kind of the same kind of sense of humor and we like the similar types of films so when sam had like come up with this idea it was like it was really actually quite easy for us to kind of take it to the next level and then sam would suggest certain things and i would just be like all like yes gotta do that so, like, for example, like one of the first things he said, I was just I think I may have said, Sam, like, I wonder what happens to the people that try to sell you a cruise. And then the <laughs> next thing he said to me was maybe they get shot, you know, and it was like that. And then as soon as he said that, I was like, that's a great idea. Like, let's try to figure this out. And then kind of going from there and then having the, uh, you know, the the dire I guess the dire circumstances of those of the characters that are put in, but it's certainly one of those things where um, by by telling different genres of story, it's a lot of fun and it's it, it applies to different people. And I think it's one of those things where my favorite stories are things that people can relate to. And Sam said the same thing earlier, where it's like this is you know either dead end jobs or calls from telemarketers or something like that. And we've noticed this when we've gone, we've we've shown the film in Europe, in the states, in Canada. And it's really easy to connect with people because when you say to them, have you, do you guys have telemarketing calls and this? And everyone's like, yes. So <laughs> it's not a, it's not a hard thing for people to connect with. And it's, um, it's something that just, you know, does really well with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I have a question that you might not have an answer to, or maybe you have an answer and you don't want to give it away. Totally fine. But I was so curious who the hell would actually apply for this job? Like, did they know beforehand these are the stakes or are they being just recruited and rounded up? 
it was it was just one of those things where like you know the first person gets shot it's like oh that that was intense and the next person comes in it's like okay yep good i'm i'm on board cuz obviously there's going to be a next person but then when that person gets shot it's like wait a second who is the schmuck that's the third person saying yes i am willing to still sit down and take this job and i was again i understand you know for comedy reasons but it's one of those things where it's like, man, I, I really hope that there's like a backstory that's that's, you know, brewing somewhere of we know exactly how they're actually getting these people there. And if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. Or if the answer is just no, just for pure comedy reasons. But it was one of those things that just kind of ate away at me a little bit when uh, when I was watching it. It's, I can speak to on a little bit, but Sam, you go first. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's a great question because it's actually I mean, that is sort of what the whole movie is about uh, is that. um you know, you, you, we've all probably had jobs and we certainly all look around and see lots of other people with jobs where we think who the hell would apply to this job. <laughs> um, and the answer is always the person who needed it. Um, and, and that's, that's the thing, you know, about terrible jobs, you know, is that it, it seems like the, the worse the job is, the more expendable you are um, because, you know, and the more you need it, because if you didn't absolutely need it, uh, you wouldn't be there in the first place. So yep. it's sort of the, the, the end point of, um, of, you know, I don't want to be here. I hate this. I'm being mistreated, but I have no choice but to be here because if I'm not here, I, I can't pay rent. I die. Um, so, um, you know, I guess depending on, you know, there's, there's probably people who look at, at, at my job and, and think, God, who would ever do that? <laughs> um, and, you know, so it's, um, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very much um, specifically about that question, who would ever do it? And, and the answer is uh, a person who had no choice, uh, because that's, that's why a lot of people work their jobs. <laughs> I would say for I most people, all- that's the only reason why they work their jobs. Exactly. I think it's also one of those things where me and Sam, or sorry, me and Sam would come up with the story back in about 2019 and then Sam wrote it throughout the year. And our whole plan was to kind of film the entire short throughout 2020. That was like our rough like idea of what we were going to do. And then of course the pandemic hit and then we, you know, we couldn't do that. And it was really tough and we couldn't, you know, film up here in Canada. There were like certain months you weren't allowed to film and it was getting, you know, all like financial things and getting that all kind of like sorted out. But it's one of the things that actually speaks to like the more once we saw through the pandemic, especially up here, like it saw this more and more is that there were so many jobs that people would be like, why would anyone take that? Especially during a time when people were, you know, sick and could pass, you know, be sick off to other people quite easily and sam's right it's the people like you're always asking those questions throughout the pandemic well i would never do that who would ever do that you know you're putting your family in danger you're putting yourself in danger and all of a sudden you're just but there are people that need to do that there are people that needed to do that to keep you know keep the lights on keep food on the table keep you know their family under their roof of their house you know and it's it became even that much more apparent throughout that time mm-hmm. and it really applied to the film itself because it, it really spoke to it as well and you really notice it um uh, not intentionally it certainly was an unintentional thing that like was the root of it but it certainly was something that definitely we see now and we connect towards it a lot more 
Yeah. And I'm actually really glad that you said that because that is exactly what I was thinking when I was watching it is it reminded me so much of grocery store workers. And I guarantee you they don't want to work there, especially during a pandemic, especially with all the risk, especially with the if you don't come in, you are fired. And there was a, a different kind of high stakes for people doing grocery work or, you know, working fast food or the very underappreciated jobs. And that's what I was thinking of when I was watching this is, you know, the, the management sitting there waiting for them to show up two minutes late so that they could fire them rather than understanding that, you know, they're working during a pandemic and maybe their kid was sick. And so, so yeah, even though it was unintentional, this absolutely rang true for what the last you know two years have been of just, uh, there's got to be so much more to life and it sucks that we have to be here and it really sucks when we have to be here if we don't want to be here. So yeah, it's fascinating that it was unintentional, but gave it a, a whole different layer of, uh, of depth that, um, that again, picked up when I was watching it, but fascinating to, to hear that it was unintentional. Um, all right, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because, again, it's a six-minute short, and we've been talking uh, about four or five times <laughs> past that. Uh, but, I, again, I adored Cruise. I had so much fun with it. I cannot wait till uh, till it is distributed so that I can watch it again, so that I can share with, uh, with lots of people. Um, but before we wrap things up, is there anything else that whenever you talk about Cruise or whenever you get, uh, get on these interviews and do any sort of promotional stuff, anything that you want to make especially sure to, to talk about or to share, I always want to give that space because, again, this is a piece of art. I realize that it is silly art, but cinema is art, and and uh, there have been a lot of people who uh, who are invested in it, who made sure that it happened, who gave their best to to make sure that it's as good as possible, and so I never want to uh, to like brush past the, the the creative process or again the passion that goes into something. And again, I recognize that sometimes the passion is just oh it's just silly. We thought we'd have fun with it, but I always want to give that space for. This is a piece of art, and, and you put yourself into it. I want to make sure to give that space to to allow you to talk about anything else that we've not uh, that we've not brought up. Something that maybe you wish that more interviews would would ask about that you never have a chance to talk about. So any of that sort of stuff uh, that that you want to talk about with Cruz. Well, I just want people to think if they hang up on a you know the next telemarketer after they watch this that they're going to be charged with second degree murder you know like that is it's essentially what's gonna happen you know like it's it's one of those things i always joke with sam is that you know um if we could at least get people to think something may have happened that they just by hanging up on that person did they just kill that person and like did they just ruin that person's life of that Uh, it's always uh, and that's going to the extreme, of course, of anything of that, like just like the film is. But it's one of those things where, you know, it's you always hang up on these people with uh, a sense of like before. I mean, people watch the film, they they kind of like talk to us and they say like, well, we'll hang up on a person or a telemarketer. They don't think much of it. But then now that they've seen the film, they watch it, then they do it again. And someone calls them from after that. They do have a sense of like okay, there's another person on the other end of that line. How am I going to deal with this without any sort of guilt or any sort of, um, I guess you would say, like worry of committing a crime, you know, of that kind of thing. Of course, that's like the the highest, uh, you know, most 
out there theory, but it's one of those things where it is, it does find it really interesting for people to connect with someone over a phone once they see it versus before they're watching the film. Well, and that is going to extreme, but how many people do you know are mildly inconvenienced when they go to the store and complain to the manager and, you know, Maybe that worker was, again, just having a bad day, but that gets them fired. And so now because you were five minutes late to a thing because you didn't plan enough time to actually stop and do the shopping that you wanted, now this person is out of a job and potentially going to be homeless. And if they're caring for kids, they might not be like, you know, someone sitting there with a with a gun saying, if you don't sell these tickets, you know, that's it. That's going to the extreme. But complaining and someone losing their job and then someone being homeless and potentially one of their kids dying because of homelessness. Very sadly, that's not taking it to an extreme. That is a very real thing that, uh, that could potentially happen. That's something that I think about every time that I'm dealing with any sort of customer service is you hate your job. I know you hate your job. As long as you are not intentionally being an asshole, there is no reason for me to complain. If you're doing great, I'll give you praises. I'll talk to your manager and say, you did a great job or even like dealing with the insurance companies. You know, when, when uh, insurance companies are denying things, it's like, I know you're doing your job. I'm not mad at you. I just really hate the system. All of my anger is not directed at you. Cause I know sometimes people are, are listening in on these calls. This is, you're doing a great job. I just hate the job that you have. And yeah, too many people will just yell at the person just doing their job. So I'm glad that's what you want people to know. Seriously. Uh, Sam, what about you? What what do you want to uh, to 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 be sure to leave people with when thinking about cruise? Um, I mean, I think you you guys you you covered it off between the two of you. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like Mark said, you know that that sort of um, you know, I think my favorite horror movies are are the ones that um, that make you think about something mundane and in a, in a, a a sort of more fucked up way after you watch them. Um, <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, I, I probably my this is not an original thing to say, but probably my favorite horror movie is The Shining because it just takes like a hallway and does that. Like it, it's it, it, it manages to make everything so weird and unsettling um, that, you know, you, right down to things like carpeting um, that, um yeah, and 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 that's where sort of that um, that feeling of wanting to sort of pull out a weird thread and and make make people sort of wonder about it in a weird way um, was definitely something that that inspired the the approach and um, the the choice to make it uh, a horror movie. Um, and yeah, and beyond that, I would say. Um, like I said, uh, thank, thank you very much for, for watching the movie and, and, uh, enjoying it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if, if people are still listening and, and keen to watch it, um, give, uh, give the Instagram page a follow at red ocean tours and, uh, you can, you'll eventually see it there. All right. Uh, any additional social media ing or, uh, or promoting that, uh, that you want to make sure to mention again? And, and I know that you just said it, but uh, anything else that, that needs to be said in terms of where to direct people? Uh, no. <laughs> you should, you should follow, follow Mark's company at, uh, at Big Pig Co. Hey, and you can follow Sam on his, uh, his, uh, his personal uh, uh, Instagram account for Sam Rudikoff, at Sam Rudikoff as well. So 
And the last thing that I want to leave you all with is I think that this would be a, a, a great double feature with four rooms. I, I think that that would be a lot of fun. And, uh, have you seen that one? It was the uh, like quasi anthology with uh, with four different uh, directors. It was, it was yeah, Tarantino did one, and uh, yeah, yeah, and Rodriguez I did one. I've never seen all of it. I've seen I, it was a movie that my college roommate used to have on sometimes, but I haven't. I haven't. I, I should watch it. I, I have not seen it in its entirety. Check it out. I think that you would have a lot of fun with it. It deals with some of that just mundane job and just how crazy things can get. And, you know, what do you do when everything around you is just completely falling apart? And, uh, yeah, t- Tim Roth is the uh, the bellboy in this hotel and just absolutely hates his job. And watching the way that he copes with his day as things just get crazier and crazier, I, I feel like that would pair uh, really well thematically with, uh, with Cruise. Um, all right. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Video Monster Pod. You can also follow me personally on Letterboxd at The Gargoyle. That's G-A-R-G-Y-L-E because it's a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. And if you enjoyed this episode, yeah, I'm a massive nerd. <laughs> I don't even try to hide it. <clears throat> If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave those five-star reviews. Go tell your friends. Uh, and make sure to also tell them to watch Cruise as soon as they can. And be sure to keep coming back uh, for more Chattanooga Film Festival coverage. Unless this ends up being the last of the interviews that I put out. In which case, go back and check out all of the other Chat Film Fest coverage that's already been put out. Uh, and be sure to keep coming or just, back. Or just keep listening to this one. <laughs> or just just put this one on repeat. <laughs> I would love it if someone listened to one of these episodes and immediately started it back over. I was like, yeah, that was great. There's like, like 350 uh, more of these. No, I want this one. This is the I'm only one. Gonna... This is the, the Old Town Road. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to play this in the background every day so that you're going to see on your stats whenever you go and listen to it. You're like, wow, that one episode of you know Mark and Sam, they just, <laughs> man, they really killed it. People are watching it and listen to this a lot. You know, Meanwhile, it's just me just consistently playing it on mute. You know, hey, I'm you know? like, oh, I'm going to get these stats up. You um, know, like, numbers are numbers. Exactly. Uh, yeah. We should really we should release a remix in a few weeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, go all uh, uh, Twin Peaks with it and just play it backwards. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. Like, subscribe where you get your podcast. Be sure to check out Cruise. Be sure to follow Mark and the NCM. Check out the rest of their work. Uh, I, I certainly hope there's more work. I hope there's more to come from y'all because again. I had a blast with Cruise. It is exactly what I look for in just fun, quirky, horror, dark comedy shorts. It was, it it was, it it achieved everything that it set out to do. And I adore it, and uh, I want more people to watch it. Well, thank you, thank you yeah. very much again uh, for for the kind words. Yeah, we really appreciate it, and thank you so much. And yeah, we'll uh, you know follow our social page, and eventually it will be online. <laughs> eventually yeah yeah all right that's been it for this episode of video monsters where we take movies seriously just not ourselves good night everybody <laughs>